listening to the Viking PT Podcast. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode on the Viking PT podcast with me, Dan Locke. And I am joined again by Ben James of Falcon Fitness. How are you doing, Ben? Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm very good. It has been a week. Um, for those that missed last week's episode, Ben joined us and we talked a lot about getting back that motivation and a bit of other bits and bobs questions that you guys sent in so if you did miss that go back and watch sorry listen to episode 16 you having a good week yeah it's been good been productive excellent it's uh very very chilly at the moment it's uh on the isle of Wight. it is one degrees and apparently feels like minus six degrees how about you over there Ooh. in southampton i think it's similar i don't think it feels like minus six but possibly minus oh it's minus one at the moment over here Oof. are you training uh are you doing sort of bits and bobs outside in this weather like videos and video calls etc yep i've been well doing it all week really That's i was mad. even I was training in the snow on Monday. Wow. Whoa. Now, now some... who's the true Viking? <laughs> That's some dedication for you. Wow. Well, speaking of dedication, um, now I must get this out of the way first. If you did listen to last week's uh, episode, I must apologize for uh, any delay issues we had um, with, because obviously this is a call and um, things, the, uh, things that matter like um, signal, um, and you know, lack of <laughs> basically for the, most of some of the conversation, it was like me asking you a question or talking to you. And <laughs> before I'd even, already answered it, yeah, before I'd even <laughs> finished asking the question, you'd answered it already. And it's it was, you know, so hopefully <clears throat> today, dedication, I've driven <laughs> to um, my Morris, my local Morrison's car park. I'm in Morrison's car park right now um, because I get three out of four bars of signal to do this call. So, and at home, the Wi-Fi is pretty shit and the 4G is pretty shit as well because obviously I live in the middle of nowhere, as we've discussed already. Um, so, yeah, that is some dedication. Yeah, that's dedication. So <laughs> apologies if um, you were listening to last week's episode and it was a bit like hit and miss with the... Um, delay there was a few sort of uh, blank spaces so hopefully it won't be like that today because i've actually got quite a decent signal and we're going to use this as sort of like a second test um this week to see how the quality of audio comes out because i've also changed the microphone that i'm using before i was using the airpods now i'm using the old school airbuds with the the wire um, and the microphone right next to your mouth. So hopefully, yes, you can join sense... the old school. Yeah, old school. I join the team. Yeah, hopefully you can hear a difference, um, and it's not too bassy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, now this week we are going to be talking and discussing um, about 
we're going to be discussing exercise methods and techniques. Now, I did do a Instagram poll to see what you guys would vote for. And I did have two subjects in mind, superfoods and exercise techniques, etc. And the exercise methods and techniques won. So maybe next week I might touch on superfoods because that is a very interesting topic to discuss especially nutrition in general um yes yeah, so basically um we're going to talk about exercise techniques now i don't know have you done much research before the um the show ben over there i've done a little bit into it yeah and obviously a few bits from well my own knowledge effectively yeah. so excellent well we will give this the best shot we can. Absolutely. Now, I must put a disclaimer out there. This um, episode this week is probably for people who already have at least maybe a year of gym experience under their belt. This is not necessarily for the people, the beginners that have never been in a gym before or or who are, have just started their their gym journey or their fitness journey. Um, for those people, I would recommend getting... Getting into the basics, following a basic plan and learning as much as you can at the very beginning. This is the next step up, I would say. What, what about you, Ben? Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same, yeah, because a lot of what I've gone over, again, you wouldn't really even think about until you've had, a, like you said, a couple of months slash years under your yeah. belt. So you've got an idea of how the gym works, what exercises work for you and those yeah. sorts of things. A hundred percent agreed. Um, now, the way I thought we could sort of split this up is if we sort of did, I've got a few ideas for cardio sort of methods and, and things that can spice up your cardio and then sort of weight training after that. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds a good idea. Awesome. Awesome. And we've got a few questions on the show as well coming up. We're going to answer those later on. Um, but first, let's dive into cardio. Let's have a look at things, methods and bits and bobs to, you know, spice up your cardio. I'm going to start off. Um, and of course, Ben, you can just, you know, jump in whenever you think is necessary. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to start things off with the German technique or the German method. I, I don't know. You know, my terminology may be incorrect with that technique and method. But basically, I'm going to talk about something called fartlek. You must have heard about this, Ben. Fartlek. Oh, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Especially because you're, you're really into football, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so fartlek, I would say, is really, really aimed at sort of football um, and other sporting activities. Um, let me just give you my version of, of fartlek and what I, I think it to mean and, and be is a German. It's, it, I don't know the roots of it. I just know that it's German. Fartlek. And um, <laughs> it basically means sort of your let's let's take the treadmill, for example, and we're going for a slight jog. Now, fartlek is to me never the same. So it's you're trying to mimic your training is mimicking what you would do as your you know what you're training for. So on on the football pitch, 
you know, a football player is never just solidly running all the time, constantly. And they're not just walking solidly, constantly, no. all the time. So exactly. what you're trying to do is mimic what is happening on the field um, when it comes to the real thing. So, for example, it, this works much better if you have a training partner or a coach with you there on the treadmill. And it doesn't have to be the treadmill. You can do this outside as well. I'm just using running as a sort of example. And what I mean is you could start with a treadmill on a, a jog. And let's say after a certain amount of time, you change that to a run, a very fast paced run, and then a jog again and a walk. And these can be all different intervals, all different times um, and for different lengths of time. And the whole um, fartlek, fartlek session could could be different times as well. Um, what, what would you, do you have any comments with that, Ben? Um, well, yeah, it's basically like what you said. It's like splitting it's obviously differs from interval stuff because you're trying to split it out into different sections. Like you said, especially with football, like you said, mm -hmm. you're sprinting, then you might be jogging, then you might have a little walk, then you sprint again, you yeah. jog, you constantly flip between the two. It's not like with interval, it would be like do a certain distance or time, say, and then stop. Yeah. Then do it again, then stop. Yeah. So you're basically conditioning your body to react the exact same way it would um, when it comes to like a football match. And I'm exactly. just using the football thing as an example because it works really well. And I think that's what the fartlek uh, technique is used for. Um, do you have any sort of cardio techniques, Ben, over there? We can sort of like uh, I do one, you do one, etc. Or, you know, if you want to interject, that's fine. Um. I don't know, actually. I'm not quite sure at the moment. I'm just we could continue on with fartlek for the moment, and obviously I can. Yeah, no, that's fine. I see what else I've got. I'm just thinking of ways to, you know, spice up your your cardio, um, just make it a little bit more interesting and enjoyable. <clears throat> because, like we said yeah. last week, um, that's yeah, you've one got of the massive. Outside. Yeah, that's one of the massive factors um, with staying motivated is you've got to enjoy what you're doing um let's talk about the two massive ones in cardio um hit and list um so for those of you that don't know hit stands for high intense interval training and list stands for low intense steady state cardio well, not cardio, not necessarily cardio at the end, but yeah, list, uh, yes, steady state. Um, ben, do you want to just give us a, a few examples? Well, an example of uh, what hit training means. Um, well, a bit like what I kind of said. The differences between it, obviously, with fartlek earlier. It's more say you have a set time that you work and a set time that you rest. So say you might do an exercise for forty-five seconds. You'd have fifteen seconds rest, obviously mm -hmm. a minute interval and you may repeat that 10 times for 10 minutes absolutely you may, you may you just use the same exercise you might differ and have maybe up to four or five exercises could even go further than that yeah but on that baseline it is obviously you have a work time and a rest time it doesn't really matter what times you have you can change it depending on what you feel like you can have more rest you can have less rest it's yeah completely up to you to make it obviously more challenging or make it more suitable to what you're you're doing really yeah and it's that's really interesting what you said because 
again, this this topic, um, hit and lifts, can be its own separate podcast because it's it's that that much of a, a bulky subject, um, and a lot of people have different opinions. <coughs> Excuse me, um, but uh, we're going to try and keep it sort of very minimal with the you know making points on it and things like that. Yeah, but you know. I have done some a uh, little bit of research with hit, and um, it's generally the high intense part is should stand out the most. Apparently, um, when you are doing hit training, you really, really should do your you know your absolute gassing. You know, on the scale of one to ten, ten blowing out your ass, you should be at nine and ten. Yeah. Going full throttle every single interval and then having as much as well, not as much as you as you want, but you should have a rest. It doesn't necessarily have to be timed. Um, for example, if you have the ability to go to a park uh, or a track and you have, you know, say a hundred meter dash in front of you or like one lamppost to another or, or whatever it may be. Um, a lot of people have just sprinted full throttle to the end distance, the end checkpoint, and then done a slow walk back. And as soon as they get back, they would do the exact same sprint yeah. as fast as you can on, you know, on the second go. Um, yeah. And of course, it's... there is the low end of the meaning hit. So. High intense could could mean you know, uh, not not going full throttle. Maybe doing a a six or seven or an eight, and then having a timed, you know, twenty seconds on, ten seconds off. As we all know, that's called Tabata. Um, but um, definitely going through my um, research, the words high intense really should stick out and make sure you're going. Full, full throttle. Yeah. Because um, to touch on good, that a little bit on. is yeah. um, obviously when you say about hitting it full throttle and hitting those heights, mm-hmm. to put it on like heart rate terms, you should be looking at it as about 80 to 85% of your heart rate, of your maximum yes. heart rate. So you're literally, yeah. like you said, you are going for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite good to use the scale one to 10. One being I'm just sat down doing nothing and 10 being I'm about to pass the fuck out. <laughs> That's true. I, do, about... I use that scale a lot, actually. I use it, it with I use it with anything, not even yeah. in like strength training and cardio. But yeah. we'll obviously touch on that a bit later. But yeah, sure. it's a good idea of getting people's opinions on how difficult something is or how hard they're working. And yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Good, good little method. Yeah. And um, so, you know, HIIT training is really good because for fat loss anyway, let's let's say we're talking about fat loss. Um, Let's say, yeah, HIIT training is very good because it doesn't take that long or normally it should only take between, let's say, 15 minutes to half an hour max. I don't know. How about you, Ben? Do you feel that HIIT training is something that shouldn't be you know it shouldn't take that long i wouldn't imagine doing an hour of hit training non-stop no i think it's unrealistic as well because like you said if you're trying to hit the heights of almost the nine to ten on a scale 
Yeah. But you're trying to do an hour's worth of it's impossible that that you're not going to hit those heights every time because your body's going to fatigue. You're going to get tired. Your breathing's yeah. going to come down. Like you're just not going to have that same sort of level. So that's why it's almost like short bursts. And you yeah. most of the time you do see like it's only about ten, maybe twenty minutes. Can go up to half an hour, but mm-hmm. that's the sort of times you're looking at because yeah, you're trying to give it. Like I said, you're giving it everything you've got within that time that you're working for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, everyone's going to range. Everybody is going to be different. Everyone's going to range so much with, you know, what their version of 10 out of 10 feels like. Um, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the other thing is that I was, I was doing a little bit more research on this. And apparently with HIIT training, now we're going to talk about lifts in just a minute, but apparently with HIIT training... You actually burn calories after you finish training. And this is this this is the same with when you do weight training. But apparently with HIIT training, it's not, you know, they've it's scientifically proven and they've done a few case studies that it's not that much. So we're talking like between, depending on how long you do HIIT training, we're talking like 20 to 50 calories <laughs> yeah. after you train. I think, that's... Um, I think it's called APOC. I think. Yeah. Or, I, I need think, to look further into that. Yeah. I think people get confused with obviously the calorie side because obviously they think they're burning lots in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. but obviously they're not because you don't actually burn as much excess. No, don't burn as much calories during exercise as you think you do. It's so. strange, isn't it? And, and, and again, we can, we can do another podcast in future talking about, you know, your rest time and your recovery time and burning calories when you're what I like to call um, you're in a when you're uh, burning ca- uh, coma calories. So like when you're just living your everyday life, I think it's called unneat. Uh, I need yeah. to refresh my memory, but um, we can talk about that another time. Um, so let's talk about lists, the low intense steady state type of cardio. Now, what we mean by this is things like, you know, we're not going full on at number 10. We're going, you know, we're coming down a gear and we're maybe at a five to a seven on the scale. And this is things like walking on the, on the treadmill, cycling at, uh, at that sort of state um, at a good pace, but not where you're blowing out your ass. And not where you're just uh, dribbling and falling asleep. Like, didn't you say <laughs> yeah. last week you had a story about some guy falling asleep? Yeah, so he was yeah. obviously, he was obviously doing the um, steady state a bit too low on the one to ten scale, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too low in intense. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Or it's where he went so... from a five to a four to a three to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> to sleep, <laughs> I can't believe it. God. Um, so yeah, we're talking about that, and the thing, the the main uh, points about this is that it is, it can be quite long. You can, you know, normally people would do list uh, ex- training or exercising for about forty five to an hour, perhaps. Um, I used to do it quite a lot. I used to do it on the stairmaster. I used to just put the, the treadmill on a, a very, very high incline and just walk it out, listen to podcasts and things like that. Um, have you ever done list training before? Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I've done it on the stair climber, but that's probably yeah. the, the only thing I've probably done it on. Cause yeah. 
touching on that, I do. I think with that, just on my opinion, and I, there's probably a few others that might agree, but to me, it is quite boring that sort of yeah. that sort of cardio. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I can agree. There have been times when I've been really bored. But again, sometimes some of my best ideas that I thought of come from when I'm just totally zoned out and uh, I'm, you know, not on my phone. Yeah. Um, it's like going swimming. You yeah. leave your phone on the side and, you know, all of a sudden your brain works yeah. and you're not, um, you know, you're not confused and distracted by social media and stuff. Yeah, and I so think... you can actually come up with ideas. Yeah, that's the like the pro of it, really, because it just yeah, it kind of takes you out of your surroundings. So, like I said, yeah. say if obviously you have struggles, like you know when people come into the gym <coughs> and they're just like they're really angry or unmotivated, they've just had the worst day, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that doing that sort of cardio does really help because, like I said, it just clears your mind, and like I said, yeah. you just focus on. Well, anything else you can just like I said, like you said, your brain works a bit more. You have more ideas about life or what you're going to do yeah. with your training or anything. Absolutely, absolutely, mate. Um, so yeah, lists you can still burn a hell of a lot of calories. Um, the thing with uh, doing list training is obviously when you're finished, when you come off that treadmill, you do stop burning calories. I don't believe there's much, you know, of the after afterburn as it's as it's nicknamed um do you have anything else to say about list ben before we move on um like i said um it's just more i think it's one of those type of training that people will always associate with no matter what ability you're at the gym anyway so i know we said about obviously people that don't this isn't really aimed at people that obviously are starting their fitness journeys and stuff like that but this is yes because it gets that is a good point yeah, it gets them used to, like, well, getting a feel for what their body can do, really. Yeah, yes. yeah. That is the biggest pro of doing this, is that everybody should be able to do that sort of training because it isn't taking your body to the extreme. You're not pushing it to the number 10. Exactly. You just set your, say, like on the treadmill, you just set yourself to a comfortable level that you might be doing, like, a fast walk or even just a normal walk. And you just yeah. you just go and see how long you can go for. And obviously, the fitter you get, the more likely you might be able to up your speed, up your incline yeah. or something like that. But yeah, yeah. you're still going to be going for long durations. Absolutely. So that's HIT training and list training. Um, like I said, we could talk about that another time if, if that's what people would like to, uh, you know, learn more about. I've got another cardio... Uh, it's not necessarily a method, but I would just chuck this out there. And this borderlines, you know, doing things that um, are fun. And I'm sure you've got the same thing with football. Yep. When I say that I used to play roller hockey for professional, not professionally. I don't know if you can count it professionally, but I, I used to play for St. Mary's Hornets yep. back in the day um, in Southampton. And uh, that was roller hockey. So imagine ice hockey but with rollerblades because there wasn't any ice rinks around Southampton. And so this was the next best thing. And it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was fun. I did that for a few years um, as I was growing up. And I revisited that um, a couple of years ago. And I even got a few of my clients to get involved as well. 
Um, got some spare skates and hockey sticks, and I rented out a gymnasium hall uh, for an hour. And I think I did this like once a week um, for a couple of months, and it's 30 quid, 30 quid to rent out a whole hall. So, and that that was my cardio, and I had the Apple Watch on, and it's surprising how many calories you burn. When you're doing sort of roller skating and doing, you know, sweating it out and hitting a puck around a little gym to each other and stuff, and yeah. uh, we're talking a couple of thousand calories, madness, um, absolute madness. And um, yeah, I'm sure you can echo that with the the idea of football for you. Oh yeah, of course you can, because yeah, like you said, if I used to do like um, five a side football. And yes. obviously, it's on a smaller pitch, obvious um, tight spaces. You're using so much agility because you're constantly turning. It's, we talked about, obviously, sprint and stop, sprint and stop. But yeah. literally, it's yeah. almost like sprint, jog for about a couple of seconds, sprint again, jog for a couple of yeah. seconds, sprint again. So you're constantly doing that. And, well, yeah, you'd be yeah. surprised how many calories you can burn from that and really how knackered you can be just for a, yeah. what, maybe... I can't remember how, about half an hour to 40 minutes worth of yeah. football. And at the end of the day, there's, you're not stood in front of a treadmill screen. You're not just, you're obviously, you're not in a gym, um, people watching, getting distracted. You're not on your phone. Um, you're really engaging and your mind is, you know, distracted with, by the, you know, by the task in hand. It's like, you're not thinking about you're not thinking too much about oh I'm fucking knackered. You're more focused on the game happening, I imagine. Well yeah, definitely. <coughs> Especially in football, you don't well, I presume it's the same with yours. You're not really focusing on, oh my god, I'm so tired. You're more like, I need to get that ball, or I need to block that ball, or I need to get in the yeah. way or something. I need to Yes. You're constantly thinking Absolutely. along those lines rather than thinking, Oh my god, I'm shattered. <laughs> Yeah, and that can be, like we said, it's about finding what's fun for you. Um, you know, I, and another example, I've got a friend who, I've got a few friends that do or used to do the park run. I don't know if it's still going during this pandemic, but the park run all over the country, um, and they would do their, their local park run, and they would try and get their time um, down each week. Oh, yeah. Um, which was turned, turned into more of a challenge. And they're not necessarily focused on, oh fucking hell, when's it going to end? They're more focused on, oh, I'm gonna, I've got to beat my time here. Yeah, you know. But the thing is, so there's other things. Yeah, and even with that as well, they don't like beat themselves up about it. They just do it because they enjoy it. So if they don't beat the time one week, they'll be like, yeah. oh, I've got next week. I feel better. I can go again. Yeah. yeah, they're in it together as well. The amount of people that turn up, and it's not like going to a, a park. Um, on your own and doing a run on your own where you could easily just hey I'm just I'm just going to turn around now <laughs> you've got loads of other people around you and uh, everywhere sort of coned off and you know there's a circuit or, or whatever I've, I've never actually done one myself but um, this is what I hear <coughs> but um, okay do you have anything to add for cardio before we move on to weight training I don't think so I think we've well covered the main bits I'd say yeah, those are a few techniques that you can use for just spicing up your cardio. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about weight training. So, all right, 
I've got a, a huge list, obviously, because I'm, uh, some of you know, I'm massively into weight training, um, building the body. I've got a few uh, techniques and methods. I just want to start off with uh, quite an easy one. Uh, negative reps, Ben. Yes. Negative reps. Um, let's start with that. So for those that, have n- for those that have never heard of negative reps, or that's just sort of like a nickname. So with a movement, and uh, we'll use the bicep curl because everybody uses the bicep curl as an example. So you've got a weight in your hand and your arms are at your waist. And you bicep curl up the weight. Now, the movement from your, you're bringing the, the, the dumbbell up to, and you're contracting the muscle, that would be called the positive section of the move. The move. Then you've got the static hold at the top. And then you've got the negative, which is obviously releasing and and uh, letting that controlling that the dumbbell back down to your side. Hopefully that made sense. That makes sense to you, Ben. I think you worded that right. Yeah. So you've got the positive and the negative Um, positive. You're contracting the muscle Uh, negative. You're controlling it down. And a lot of people, especially when they start off, a lot of people get the negative part wrong. They sort of, it's very easy to push away or to pull a weight, um, but the controlling on the way back is still part of the move, and you will still benefit massively from this. Yeah. Um, so negative reps, in used in a um, exercise, you could well. I used to use negative reps at the end of the set. Um, I don't know about you, Ben, but I've done. Let's let's use. Um, I used to do 14 reps for everything. I used to do 14. That's, that's about the hypertrophy um, area of doing reps. Yeah. <laughs> Anything past 15 reps is, of course, cardio. <laughs> but um, no, 14, 14 reps. And, but the last four were controlling the negative. So what I mean by that is, again, let's use bicep curls. For an example, I would do 10 normal paced bicep curls but the last four um this is and we're talking like 10 is like my point of i'm pretty much failing to lift now um so the positive your your positive part of the move so lifting the weight will fail first you'll fail first at that and then you will fail at keeping the weight in that static position and then last of your, your your body, the last part of your muscle that will fail, the last part of the move um, that will fail is the negative. I sort of use this quite a lot. I used to use it when I, I would prove to people they've still got more in the tank. When I lifted, I helped them lift the weight first, but I said, right, I want you to control that down and count to 10. And they could do it because they're stronger. Or they, they, they fail first on the positive, but they're still able to use that negative um, reps at the end. Thoughts on that one, Ben? Yeah, that's because, like I said, it's that negative approach really is what builds muscle in the be- best way because you're putting your muscle under so much stress. And like you, like you said, that contraction part, yeah, not always that's going to work or you're not going to get it great <coughs> because of, like I said, you fail 
a lot earlier when you're trying to go into that positive contraction. But yeah, that negative side, really, you can control that until you literally, you just, like I say, a bicep curl, you're controlling that until you literally, your arms just drop. Yeah. It's about getting the most out of the set, I think, as well. Exactly. Especially, it works really well if you've got a training partner who can sort of, you know, spot when you're starting to fail and they sort of lift the weight up for you. They give you a little helping hand, not taking the weight fully, but they're, you know, helping your the, the weight, bring that weight up. Let's, you know, we're using the bicep curl as an example. And then they're letting go and you are controlling the weight on the way back down. You might have an aim to say, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to count to five and by the time i get to five the weight is going to be right back down at the beginning again yeah you know and uh yeah let me tell you i got a lot of um <coughs> i made a lot of progress from just adding negative reps into my into my sets into my sessions into my regime um and like i said i cannot state enough this sort of thing should probably be for someone who's you know, at that intermediate level of uh, fitness and using gym equipment, yeah, um, because we do not want you to injure yourself. No, exactly. So that's negative reps. They really are beneficial. Next, <laughs> you want to move on to? Have you got uh, something for me, Ben? Um, I've got one actually. That's like I said, it's good for a more muscle building in the hypertrophy type area, like volume type thing. Yeah. Okay. Great. Obviously. A lot of people don't know, well, they know what it is, but they underestimate how well it can work, which is, I presume you've heard it, German volume training, GVT. German, I've heard of this, yeah, go on, just for those who um, are uneducated in this area. Yeah, so basically what this is, is a muscle building platform where you're basically putting vast amounts of volume onto a single exercise. So for example, say a squat, you're putting as much volume as possible onto your legs, so it's mm-hmm. basically you do 10 sets of 10 with minute, with one minute rest in between each set. So obviously 60 seconds. Yeah. And the aim for it is you're working for about 60% of your one rep max for that exercise. And just, just so people can know, because, you know, we do get all sorts of questions coming through as well. Yep. What is a one rep max? Basically, yeah, one rep max is literally, say, for example, a squat. It's the heaviest weight you can do, keeping good form. So you're literally the heaviest weight you can do without failing. Yeah, so, absolutely. So imagine, like I said, say your obviously your one rep max might be 80K, for example. So mm-hmm. if, if you're going to be doing 60% of that, you're looking at around maybe 45 to 50K Yeah, around there. So that would be your area for GVT. Right. Okay. And then, so let's say the squat, for example, you've got, let's say your one rep max for squatting is 80 kilograms. When you're doing this GBT, GVT, you're doing GVT, sorry, you are doing, I've never done it myself. You are doing, you say 40 to 50 kilograms. Yeah. Cause you're, again, you're aiming for around 50 to 60% of what yeah. you're obviously, what your one rep max is. So you put that on the bar and then you're doing 10 reps and you rest for a minute and you're doing 10 sets. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So basically, like I said, your first couple of sets obviously aren't going to feel 
as hard, but don't let that kind of not put you down, but don't let you underestimate the weight because yeah. this is what we mean by the volume. Obviously a minute rest sounds like a lot, but when you're getting 10 reps out of 60% of your <coughs> one rep max, it's still not going to be easy. It's going to mm. still be quite heavy. So obviously the further you get into those sets, it's going to be a lot harder to well maintain form, but you've, that's why you've got to be careful with your weight that you use because keeping form is a massive thing with German volume training. Yeah. And do you, cause like for me, normally if I was doing squats, I'd probably do about five sets myself and I'd start off at a low weight and then work my way up to, you know, something, a weight that I can use for about 10, 10 reps. Um, so this is strictly keeping it at, your 60% of your one rep max for every single set, is it? Yeah, for every single set because, again, you're trying not to injure yourself because if you even Mm. try and put that little bit more on, so say if you do five sets at 45K, but then you're like, you know what, this is actually feeling quite easy. I'm going to bump it to 55. You're just making a massive jump and you're putting too much stress on your muscles and the volume is just too much. Because you want that yeah. little bit of consistency with each set as you go up. Yes. So it yeah. almost is like a scale. That scale, again, it's almost like your first couple of sets might only be a five or a six. You get to the middle, it's more a seven or eight. And then you get to the last couple of sets, you're looking at a nine, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. And is is this type of training a program or is it just a sort of one-off thing you can do you know, in your, just to chuck into your leg session. Yeah. Is it, a, it you know. it's more something again, yeah, to add. It's not okay. like an actual program because if you basically go too overboard with this, it's basically considered overtraining because it's such right. high volume. And, you know, I said about you lose form if you're not getting your weight yeah. correctly and stuff like that. Obviously you're more likely to injure yourself, injure yourself and you don't have enough recovery time. Because you're putting so much volume on, your muscles need that time to recover. Because obviously, like we said before, your muscles grow more (coughs) when you're in your resting period or rest phase in training. So the more you're doing German volume training, you're basically overtraining. So you don't have enough time to recover. So it's recommended that you only do it, say, once, maybe twice a week per like exercise slash like muscle group right okay and we're talking mainly sort of on the compound moves um rather than isolated moves such as bench press uh deadlifts yeah uh, squats yes because um what was that i don't know what was that (laughs) it's like someone just said on (laughs) on it is that like siri or something i think it was i think it was on my actual ipod (laughs) goodness brilliant anyway as we were (laughs) but what was that sorry (laughs) What were you saying? Sorry. Oh, what was it about? It was about. Um... Oh, yeah, compound moves. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, it's more definitely more aimed at them because you're more than likely going to be able to keep form with those exercises, yeah. and you can have like yeah. a decent weight that you can push yourself with keeping form and remaining quite comfortable to move, but you can still push yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Without obviously going absolutely. over the top with it. Whereas if you try to do GVT on a bicep curl, for example, like we've yeah. been going on again, 
Like it yeah. can work, but you need to have your weight quite light because again, your one rep max for a bicep curl is n- going to be nowhere near the same as your one rep max for a deadlift. Sure. So, sure. Obviously, you're going to have much lighter weight, and because it's so much isolation, <coughs> you're going to need to really be careful with what weight you use to avoid yeah. going out of form or well, to just avoid injury altogether. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, we've seen, and this itself, us moaning about things that bad things that we've seen in the gym and things to avoid, that could be its own podcast in itself. Just saying and listing things to avoid, like bicep curling in the squat rack. Oh, and don't even like get me started. <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? It's, I think we should do that one day. It's just things that should never be done. The unspoken... The laws. The unwritten rules. Yeah, yeah the laws of the gym. Don't do this. Don't squat. Uh, don't bicep curl in the squat rack. You know, don't walk around topless. Uh, just things yeah. that are just... Yeah, that could be an idea. Um, just piggybacking off the idea, the, the GVT, um, I had uh, a method of training here written down yep. that I was going to bring up, but it, it's sort of, it's similar to what you've just said, but the difference is, is reps. So what I'm talking about is something that I've called the chest um, marathon, the chest marathon. Okay. This is something that I used to do a while back, and uh, it's it's very uh, very similar. You basically you're looking at the the basic chest press or the you know the bench press. What you do, and this isn't in you know specifically about doing sixty percent of your one rep max. This is choosing a weight suitable for you, not definitely not your one rep max in this. Yeah. This is choosing a weight. So say, for example, if your one rep max for a bench press is 150, I don't know, whatever it may be, 150 kg, you might want to do 50 kilograms <laughs> for this. So this is the chest press marathon. And by no means do I think you should do this every single time. This is something that I would do at maybe once a year. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, what, chest and marathon. Twice every year. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like you only need to do that, like, yeah. very rare. Now, I would advise doing this with a, a partner, just so that they can spot you if needed, and also to count the reps for you. Now, the only downside of that is that there's a lot of waiting time. So, you know... While someone is doing the marathon, the other person is pretty much waiting around. That's the only bad thing I would say. <clears throat> so let me explain. The chest press or the bench press marathon is you choose, you're chosen your weight fairly light. And what you do is you lay back, get ready to do your bench press and you pick it, the bar off the rail and you do one rep and you put it back on. Yeah. But then straight away, you pick it, pick it up again, and you do two reps. Ah, okay. And you put it back again. And you do three reps, and you put it back again. And then you do four, and then five. When you're at about five, you should be starting to sort of go, okay, starting to warm up now. And you re-rack it, and you sit up, because you don't want too much blood going to the head. So you sit up, have a few seconds. Um, you and your partner might want to discuss how long you sort of rest for if you want to turn it into a bit of a game, a sensible game. 
And then you go back down and you do six reps. Rewrap the weight, sit up again, then do seven. You could do eight and then nine. And basically you would do this with the exact same weight and you would never leave the bench and you'd get to about, you're trying to get to about 20 sets. <laughs> so if you think about how many reps that is in total, so you're starting at one, then two, then three, four, all the way up to 20 reps. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you add, add all that up together. That's a lot of reps. Well, yeah, we're talk- we were talking uh, about volume training, and this is volume training. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a form <coughs> of it. Yeah, I mean, you could come in the gym, you could do, you know, your set, you know, three sets, increase the weight each time, and let's say by the end you've pressed, I don't know, 30. At the end of one exercise, you've done 30 to 40 reps of a certain weight, um, or you could do hundreds of different, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just about switching it up and you're, you know, by, by maybe pushing less weight, you're able to push more um, by you doing more reps, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, like it's like you've said before, it's just giving that little bit more of an edge. You're trying to really push out those reps, obviously, the higher you get. Yeah. yeah. And again, this goes just goes back to switching it up, making things interesting. I think that might be a bit of a theme uh, during this uh, this episode is that your the whole purpose, <coughs> excuse me, the whole purpose of you know adding these methods into your training is just to switch it up, make things interesting, and to take them away from just being a chore really because i've i it's happened to me before gone into a gym session gone in to just do my thing got a whole list of exercises i want to do got a little program and i just can't connect i can't get in the zone i'm just i perhaps start getting bored maybe i'm not sure with the same old thing yeah you know especially if you have got a four to six week plan of the exact same exercises maybe it's uh, beneficial to switch it up a bit and keep you keep you focused, keep you interested, add challenges. Um, I'm going to add a, another method now, um, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard. The superset. Oh, the favourite. So, yeah. Talk us a bit about the superset, Ben, and what that means. Well... <laughs> Basically, a superset is when you have two exercises together. They can work the same muscle groups. They can work antagonist ones, which basically means it's opposite muscle groups to where they are. You can mm-hmm. work those, but it's those two exercises that you literally do back to back. No rest between. So you'll jump from one to the other. Then you'll rest. Then you'll go back through and repeat for however many sets you have of those two exercises. Yeah. It's it's quite funny because uh, when people are brand new to the gym and you mention superset, they just think it's a set which is just really super, <laughs> just like one exercise, and it's yeah. really good. I think they'll probably Not... think you know as you said about that marathon. That's probably what they think it is. If you say a superset, yeah. they're like, "Hang on, what?" Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So yeah, we're talking superset. Uh, ben pretty much did a perfect job of explaining what that is. Um, an example of a superset for me, which works really well, is doing um, an, perhaps an incline bench press um, 
with skull crushers as well. Um, so obviously needing a, a partner, maybe use dumbbells for the incline chest press and a easy curl bar for the skull crushers. That works quite well. Or doing jumping squats and then straight into jumping lunges, alternating. Or, you know, it's endless, pretty much. Yeah, you could literally the put... It, there's so many different variations, isn't there? You could put so many together. Yeah. And then, of course, after supersets, we've got tri-sets, which tri meaning three. Um, there's th- You could have three exercises back-to-back um, and then rest afterwards. Um, and then after that, you've got giant set, which is, you know, four to five exercises back to back and then having a rest after that um anything after that i'm sure is called a circuit i was gonna say <laughs> yeah doing some circuit training You're going back in more to the um, side again aren't you <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing yeah so so there you there's your uh you know the technical terms or you know what the the nicknames are superset two exercises back to back triset three exercises back to back four to five exercises giant set um pyramid set what do you reckon about that ben talk about period yeah. uh, period, period sets uh, no, i don't want to go through those <laughs> no <laughs> pyramid sets ah, good old pyramid sets so, yeah. yeah we're talking weights yeah go on go well, for it basic, yeah it's almost like you're changing changing the weight you're doing the same exercise but you're changing the weight you're gradually increasing it and then almost coming back mm-hmm. down on the other side. Yeah. It's similar, well, yeah. It's similar to another one, but obviously, again, most of us have heard of these, but they're not quite pyramid, but drop sets. Yep, that would have been my yep. next point, my next again, one on the list. similar sort of thing. Apart from with that one, you start with your highest weight that you've got, really, that you can do, and you just gradually come down and obviously up the reps as you go or even go to failure on each one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I tell you what, a couple of examples uh, for me doing a pyramid set, um, I would do um, deadlifts and I would have two people for this just to quicken the, the speed, get things speed, sped up a bit. So I'd start off with a fairly heavy um, deadlift uh, on the, at the deadlift platform or the Olympic lifting platform and I would have, I'd lift the bar up it would already have like a 10, 10 kilograms on each side. No, sorry. Sorry. A pyramid set. I'm starting off fairly heavy. I do a few reps and then I would hold the bar up. I want to have two people, one either side, taking off a plate. Now I do a few more reps and then they take off another uh, plate on each side. I do a few more reps and then it would get to the point <coughs> where I've got just a really small weight on each side. And then they would put the weights back on one by one. And I would obviously do a few reps in between. So like five, and then you could do like 10, I don't know, eight to 10 sets, say. That's just an example of a pyramid set. Um, Now, a drop set, again, a very, very common one. And uh, something that I used to do on nearly every exercise, actually, is, you you know, you, you spoke earlier about getting to failure. So I used to always, always do drop sets on uh, lateral dumbbell raises for the, sh- for the shoulders. Um, 
<coughs> excuse me. What I would do, I would do dumbbell lateral raises. I would start off and I would, uh, let's say, set one. I would choose a weight. Let's say, for example, 12 kilogram dumbbells. I would do 14 reps. Next set, after I've rested, go up to 14 or 16 kilograms. Do 14, 10 to 14 reps. And then set three, do 16 to 18 kilograms. And then the next set, I would start at 20. And I go down, I do, let's say, 10 reps. And immediately drop down to the, the 18s. 10 reps, or as many as I could. This is where it starts to get to that failure point. And as soon as you start failing, failing, you want to drop the weights because obviously if you just if you force the weights up, you're just going to use other body parts to make that uh, that movement happen. So if you're stood up doing um, shoulder lateral raises, you may be starting to use, you know, your whole body to sort of hoist the weights up like you start using your back. You start using your, your abs and, and your, your, your hips and everything. And it just doesn't look right. And it's, you, you know, you start swinging around. You see this all the time. People just swinging weights. Um, but anyway, I would do, you know, 18 kilograms. Get to failure. Drop down to 14. Get to failure. Drop down to 12 or 10 kilograms. And then just smash it out. <laughs> just absolutely deplete my muscles. Um, or the area worked. And that is a drop set wouldn't you agree that sounds well perfect <laughs> awesome awesome do you have any other sort of little little methods that you use in the gym for maybe clients or yourself um not there's to be fair there's one that i have been using a while again it's another volume one but it's slightly different in the way this works is that yeah. you basically reduce the amount of rest you have so okay go on pick a, again you pick a weight that's this is more along the lines that like you said before of like a weight that's suitable for you that you can do without obviously the risk of injuring yourself but you can still push that little bit further on each one yeah it is almost i do <laughs> so say you do 10 reps for your first set then you mm -hmm. literally only have about 15 to 20 seconds rest then okay. you do another 10 then obviously rest again for 15 or 20 seconds. Then you go down to eight. Then you go down to eight again, obviously within the, the rest mm -hmm. afterwards. And then the last one, sometimes I mix it up. You can either do six and just literally smash out those last couple of reps because you want it to be hard at that point. Or yeah. to push it that little bit further, just go to failure on that last set. Yes. So with stuff like that, though, it's better to do that with more isolation exercises because then you can properly focus yeah. more on getting those muscles worked a lot harder. Yes, for sure. So say, obviously, like we, we sure. go over like biceps and triceps and stuff like that, but usually this would be the one I do on like tricep rope pull downs or tri just normal yeah. tricep push downs or anything like that, just to really get those muscles working as much as possible. Okay, that sounds pretty good. Like I said, it's just a different, another <coughs> way of using the advantage of volume training. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, if you are, if you're not sticking to a very strict, strict regimen of your training, 
Um, I think it is very, very a good idea to explore these different methods. You know, for you know, if you're training to do like a strongman competition or something, obviously avoid some things and just listen to what your own trainer has, has appointed you to do. Um, but you know, if you want to switch it up, yeah. I think these would be a good idea. Like just, just if you're if you're training for something very specific stick to what that is for example if it's about if you want to build muscle and things like that um and you you've been told to stick to hypertrophy so you know we're talking 12 to 14 reps so then stick to that if you if you start doing things like um you know what like longer uh, longer time rep doing heavy heavy reps like 20 reps 30 reps a set and resting for less or resting for more, it could be detrimental to your own training. Yeah. Obviously, if you if you if you do this over and over and over again, I mean, it's coming away from your own training. Yeah, exactly. For example, if you're tr- if you're training to do a marathon, all of a sudden you're doing five five sets of five doing squats, bench, and deadlifts. Yeah. It will it will you know affect your training. It will affect your your outcome. Yeah, it doesn't exactly help for what you're trying to do, does it? <coughs> No, exactly. So, you know, take this advice with a pinch of salt and, uh, you know, apply it to your own training if possible. Um, I've got another really cool um, chest uh, method that I, um, I used to do myself. I did get clients to do this as well and got a really good, uh, good response, good reaction. So this one doesn't have a title. Doesn't have a title. Okay. O to an Ephron. Okay, so... This would be on the pec deck, right? Yep. So picture yourself on the pec deck. You're, you've, you've selected. Um, again, think back to the uh, the bench press marathon where you've chosen a weight that you can manage, all right? Choose a weight you can manage for a long time. So what you would do with the uh, pec deck, <coughs> you sat there, you've got each hand, each handle on in each hand and you're doing the, the the chest fly let's say the first set you're going to do 10 reps all right if you haven't been writing these down already please open up your notes or get a pen and paper like old-fashioned and uh, write these down so your first set is 10 reps and before you don't let go as well by the way you don't let go of the handles. So as you bring both hands together to meet in the middle of the pec deck movement, on the 10th rep, you hold for 10 seconds. That static contraction, just like we were speaking about earlier with the positive, the static, and the negative holds. Uh, sorry, the negative. You want to hold for 10 seconds on the, the first set, 10 seconds on the 10th rep. Make sense to you? That makes sense. Yeah, just a very long uh, pause. Yeah, big, big squeeze in the chest. After that, you um, don't let go. Just go back and then do nine reps. Ah, you're going in reverse. After nine reps, you hold in the middle for nine seconds. See yeah. that? And then after that, eight reps. Bear in mind, you have not rested or let go of the apparatus. Yeah. Eight reps, and on the eighth rep, <coughs> you hold for eight seconds. 
hold and squeeze the chest in the middle. And then you go down to seven reps, seven second hold, six reps, six second hold. And obviously you get to one rep and do one second yeah. and then drop to the floor because you're fucked. <laughs> That's right, <Jerry. laughs> that I used to do that a lot. And it, oh my God, it is really, really effective. Yeah. Get an absolute pump and a burn like mad. Yeah. Um, and if you don't get any good results with that, just choose a different weight. Choose yeah. a different it's weight. It's weird, but I have done that like body weight style, obviously during the first lockdown, something quite similar to okay. that. Okay. It's almost go on where I where I did um like my LBTs like live during um first lockdown. I literally was doing yeah. something very similar to that, almost uh, like ten down to nine down to eight. But you literally again you just do it with squats. So you do ten squats, hold for ten. Nine squats, <coughs> hold for nine. I've literally done ah, something yes. very pretty much the exact same to that, but with legs and on body weight. And even with body weight, yeah. it does really hurt. Yeah, I used to do. Yeah, I used to do that for legs, bums, and tums. The class on the Sunday morning. We used to do the squat challenge. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I and, might uh, still be doing that. <laughs> no, that's, that's <laughs> fine. I, that. I think I think people love it. Um, basically, you you get again. Listen, if you if you want to add this in, if you you use a training partner, um, you've got a gym buddy. This is something that you could do. So we're doing. We're talking squats. You can use weights, you can do body weight, um, but you start off, face each other, and the harder version of this is that the that whilst the person is waiting, they're holding a static squat position, right? Or, you know, if you want if you're doing this for the first time, by all means your partner can stand up and just egg you on whilst they're waiting for you. So basically you would do ten squats and then rest. And then whilst you're resting, your partner would do 10 squats. And then yeah. the next time they swap over, they go to nine squats and then nine squats, eight squats and eight squats, eight, so seven and seven, six and six, all the way down to one. Um, and another variation of that is that instead of just waiting or in a squat position, do a wall sit, go next to a wall and do a nice little wall sit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've, <coughs> That's yeah, quite a good I've been one. like almost adapting that slightly, but I've made it a little bit more hellish, shall we say. <laughs> Go on. How, how, how can you make it more hellish? It's basically, it's almost not in partners, because obviously ever since this lockdown, when they've changed the gym layouts, it's obvious like they have all uh, the gym boxes and stuff like that, so you can't really do anything with partners. Well, you can, but it's oh, difficult right. because of you're all in your own box and stuff like that. But basically what I've been doing wow. is a different thing is like you basically you know i said about holding squats and stuff like that yeah sure yeah, you hold you basically hold the squat in the deepest position mm-hmm. you can for as long as you possibly can and you hold it until you physically cannot hold it anymore soon as you soon as you've done <laughs> you immediately go into either depending on how i feel on the week either 10 normal <laughs> squats or 10 jump squats and then straight back down. Wow. And then you hold it for as long as you can again. And then obviously the next time I did it in the other way around. So every time you fail, fail you add a rep on. So wow. it's almost like, so say you held the first squat for a minute. You'd have to do, yeah, 10 jump squats, normal squats, whatever it might be. And then say wow. the next time you only hold it for, say, 30 seconds. 
but then you have to do 11 squats jump squats and yeah. then you just carry on and go up and up and up until I have a certain time length for how long I'll do this for and it depends wow. week on week really and yeah Pete, honestly the looks I used to get from that <clears throat> well I still get, still get from that actually that sounds very devious yeah, that's, that really that's what does. I mean by the hellish side of it it's, um, it's quite evil <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of doing partner workouts I've got another quick exercise you can do with a partner which is just, again, just to switch it up um, and just to keep it interesting, keep it more of a challenge. Bicep curls with a partner. And very similar, well, it's pretty much exactly the same as doing the squat one I just uh, explained, is that instead of doing squats, you pass a barbell between you. (coughs) So let's say you've got a barbell that you can comfortably do a lot of weights with, a lot of reps with, sorry. You start in at 10, and then you go, you pass the, the barbell over, and they do 10. When they pass it back to you, you've got to do 9, 9, 8, 8. Again, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Just changing from squats to uh, bicep curls. I'm sure you could do that with a lot of exercises, actually, to be fair. You probably could, actually, yeah. It's quite a good little routine, because going back to that like cardio side as well, it's something I've even implemented in that. Yeah, like you have say five to six exercises. You do ten of each, nine of each, eight of each, seven of each, all the way down to one. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that so is. again, that's and something it's... else to spice up cardio, as well as yeah. weight training. Yeah, and it's like the it's, especially if you're doing it with a partner, you've got someone to hold you accountable. Exactly. And there's there's like no sort of set amount of rest time. Do you know mm. what I mean? Whereas if you're doing that on your own, you could just be like. You know, I'll look at my phone. Exactly. Look at the clock. Oh yeah, might as well crack on with another yeah. set. But with this, it's like you have they're gonna finish the set in literally ten reps or less. Yeah. So you better be ready. Yeah, that's why it's good because it's it's <coughs> almost like you go, I go, you go, I go. It's that type of thing when you're working with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. that's why it's good on the cardio side as well, because you're literally resting while the other person is doing whatever that workout is initially. Yeah. Um, on bicep curls, I've got another method um, or another exercise method um, called the rack. Um, I've, I've put it on my Instagram a while back. It's just basically a glorified pyramid set or drop set. Basically, at the gym, you'll find the rack of set weight dumb, uh, barbells. Um, so you've got like a 10, perhaps a 10 or a 12 kilogram uh, barbell. Then you've got like a, a 15 kilogram barbell, then a 17 and then a 20, 25 kilogram um, barbell. And the goal here is to do, you start off with the lighter uh, barbell and you put up the, you put all the um, barbells in a row. So you starting at the top of the rack You've got the lightest, and at the bottom, you've got the heaviest barbells. And the first thing you do is lift up the top of the rack, the barbell that's like 10 kilograms, and you do 12 reps of that. And then you go, you move down to do the next, you put that back, you put the next barbell, which is heavier, and you do 10 reps, and you get to the next heavy, the next uh, barbell weight, 15 kilograms. And you do eight reps. And then the next one, 
you do six reps. And then the last dumb barbell, which is about 20 kilograms, you do four reps. And then, of course, you work your way back up. And then you go back to your 17 kilogram and do six reps. And then you work, you go lighter and lighter. So it is just a glorified, <coughs> obvious pyramid set. But the thing is, it's visual. And the reason why I like that is because you can see like ha- what you've got next or left to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got all those barbells in front of you. Yeah. Because it's, it's almost like a ladder type thing, isn't it? Obviously, going up yeah. the ladder, back down the ladder. It's almost like that sort of effect, isn't it? It probably doesn't work peak time at the gym because everyone's wanting to use them. But if you've got the time and if it's quite an empty day at the gym when you can go back, hopefully you can have all those weights in front of you and you can just be a bit selfish for a couple of minutes. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Go for it. <coughs> I'm sure, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of gym exercise methods. Uh, I don't know if you've got any more, Ben. Um, don't think I've got any more uh, that I've properly before. covered over now. There's a lot, and I'm sure we'll, you know, we revisit this in the future. But uh, there, you know, you could, there's loads of ways to spice up lots of different things. I think it's important to note that as much as you sort of want to spice things up and, you know, and I'm not just talking all these methods, but if you see exercises where people are doing that looks a bit weird, um, you know, it's probably not good for you, especially if you don't know what you're doing. So an example, you know, what I'm basically getting at is don't forget your roots. Do not forget those absolute basic exercises in your fitness workout, in your program. For example, you know, doing a chest, chest. If you're doing a bro split, like we said, you're doing chest day. Don't forget your bench press, incline bench press, chest fly. But as soon as you start introducing weird things, just because you've seen it on Instagram or you've seen someone across the gym do it, how many times have we seen so many weird looking exercises performed? Oh, honestly. And you just think, what, what the honestly, fuck? Honestly, I you could doing? tell stories just about, like I said, just us, just people watching and just being like, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, for one, we've got a people watch just to make sure no one's dead. No one's like well, on the that. floor. That, you know, because we are first aid trained. We need to make sure that everyone exactly. is alive. Nice point of contact. <coughs> yeah. So. You know, when you do see <clears throat> things catch your eye, people doing exercises, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, uh, I speaking of chest workouts, I used to see someone do, like, uh, the chest fly on the cables, and they put the weight so heavy that they need to jump into the, into the exercise. So they've grabbed one side, they've jumped to the other side of the cables, this wide cable apparatus, got the other handle, and jumped forward just so they can lift the weight up. And they, you know, the form is yeah. out of whack. And then they just start yeah, doing some to be weird fair, most, shit. Have you, say, have most you, of the time, uh, that's all go ego, on. isn't it? That's just, oh, I can lift, I can lift this. It's fine. I'm going to look oh, like yeah. a big man because I can lift loads of <coughs> weight. It's like, yeah. yeah, but you're just making a fool out of yourself, really. Which they are. Yeah. But, and the other thing is, is people will might like copy that especially people that are very new to the the gym new to exercise you know you you 
it's yeah, like it monkey see is. monkey do all over again so it's very yeah. you know you've got to be very careful with what you do and make sure yeah. that you are you know the yeah, basics it's like we said about you those know people the basics that, obviously that do the list type training like to spice it up usually they yeah. like to try out some sort of resistance machines or something to kind of you know get the muscles working a bit more but then yeah. like you said if they see someone like sure. that using the exercise in that way they're going to be like am i supposed to be doing it like that <laughs> yeah this is the thing and i'll tell you what speaking of lists um i used to see i used to use the stairmaster uh, a fair amount the step mill whatever you want to call it and uh you know sometimes because there's not that many in each gym you'd have to wait until that machine is free and most of the time you see um you know the stereotypical gym girl gym bunny whatever you want to call it someone who basically has got really good genetics and just looks like a stick with sweatpants on and just got all the makeup in the world on their face Um, yes you know the type of people i'm talking about right and you see them just do the bare minimal you know what? I saw someone go on the Stairmaster once and they just got on it, took a selfie of them on it and got off and left the gym. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Can you yeah, believe but I've seen that? people come in like, people um, do that. again, like a group like that, that come in and literally they don't, they kind of just exercise, yeah. chat, jump on another one, chat again, and then they yeah. might see someone in the gym that they know or whatever from <clears> like, I don't know, college. Yeah to whatever work and they'll chat to them for a bit and then like you said then they're gone (coughs) honestly it grinds my gears grinds my gears like i was saying with the the stairmaster is um i used to see people doing oh honestly climbing the stairs but they would sidestep i don't get it i really don't seen this it's it's the kick it's the kickbacks as well isn't it um the reason why I'm bringing this up is it's the kickbacks as well. Yeah, yes. I'm just thinking. Imagine you you see someone that's brand new to the gym, and they're looking at someone doing the kickbacks when walking upstairs. They're thinking, "What the fuck? Is that what you've got to do? I can't do that." Or, or they're even yeah. just thinking, yeah, but I, yeah, but I just why? Like it. like why are they doing that? You get like you know what I mean? the odd person that talks about it. Like I've talked to a few people like. And I'm talking to them about their exercise and stuff. My um, kickbacks on the um, on the stairmaster are like, oh, why'd you do that then? It's like, oh, because I want to grow my glutes. And I'm all, I'm like, face palm moment instantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like I said, that's just a speck on the spectrum of weird shit that you see at the gym. And I'm, like, just going back to my point, just just. Remember, as much as all these methods and, and new things uh, are new to you, remember your basics. Remember the basic form, the basic exercises, because after all said and done, like those are your yeah, main. Because that's where you should be concerned. That's where the most, everyone's come from, isn't is, it? Like you know, if it, you think about it, no matter what someone does, they could be a power. Yeah. CrossFit athlete, no matter what they are, they've all come from somewhere, and it's starting at the basics. So, sure, yeah, yeah, and we won't. We just don't want people to be put off by seeing these weird things 
happening in the gym. All right, you you do you, and let people do what they want to do, and you know we'll see. Yes, we'll see the consequences. Yeah. All right, moving on. Then we're going to close that book, and we're going to move on to your questions. As always, before we do these episodes, I like to put out a little thing on Instagram. Um, if you're not following me already, just uh, type in viking.pt on Instagram. You'll find me there. And before I do each episode, I like to ask, give you the chance to ask us anything, and we'll answer it live on this podcast. Um, ben, just quick before I forget, uh, if people want to get hold um, of you, you know, on um, Instagram will you? probably be the main one, which will be at the Falcon Coach. So, any questions or anything you have, just drop me a message and I can give you any advice or guidance that you need. Sweet, sweet. <clears throat> so, yeah, I asked you on Instagram, and here is a f- are a few questions that I've sort of handpicked. Shape. That I thought I'd talk about on the show. You ready for this? Okay, so Michael asks, I want to be able to do a pull-up. Well, I want to be able to do pull-ups at the moment. I can only do about one. Right. I would How say can I progress? Your best one. We've been um, talking about negatives a lot. That is something that would work the best for pull-ups. But the the different way of doing it is imagine... The best way to do it is get yourself onto a pull-up bar in the gym, wherever one would be, and almost get like a bench or a box or something Mm -hmm. that you can stand on, that you're pretty much at that height of where the bar is. And all I would do, literally, is either give yourself a little bit of a jump up, and then we've been talking about those negatives of controlling it on the way down as much as possible and as slow as you can. Or even, don't even yeah. jump. Make sure you're a little bit higher than yeah. the bar, maybe. And literally just grip, get yourself off the box, and just slow down. And t- Exactly. Tuck your legs up. Yeah. That's a great answer. That's a really, really good tip there, Michael. So, yeah, I absolutely love that one. Uh, because, you know, you're training the yeah, muscles that put, are used And you're putting to do them that under a lot of stress. That's really which good. Is what your muscles need to develop strength. So the more stress you can put all those muscles under, the better. And especially, again, in negatives, you are working every single muscle required for a pull-up. So that's got to be the best advice I can give for that. Another ride, Zach. Go on. Absolutely. I don't think I can come close to that, but I've got a a couple other ideas. Um, Obviously, you've got the lat pull-down machine. If you haven't got access to a pull-up bar, or just any yep. bar at the moment, and you're at the gym, I reckon a lat pull-down machine That's will strengthen true. those those muscles used. Um, um, another one, if you have got the ability to use an assisted pull-up machine at your gym, that could be another one to work on and just gradually change the weight. I think that's the only machine at a gym where the heavier you put the, the, the pin it is. on yeah. the stack of weights, that's the easier it is. Yeah, so you know the the less weight you use because it's yeah. counterbalancing I think, you. Yeah, I think all know, of the those things would be perfect <coughs> using all together really to help build that pull up. Yeah, I mean you can get you know really into it and start investing in resistant bands. I've seen people put like one foot in their resistant band thing and and use that and they to help yeah. them out and then eventually it's a good they, way like uh, I said to do it on their own. See where you are as well because. 
like I said, if you're doing negatives, obviously lap pull downs, assisted pull ups, if you do just every so often get yourself some resistance bands and just see how many you can do with just that extra little bit of resistance, just write down what that number is. Keep keep it in mind. Yeah. Keep doing all the negatives and all the other exercises, yeah. then maybe give it a go in an, another few weeks' time. See if you can do more on the same weight, or absolutely it's easy bring um, the band to a lighter resistance. Yeah, I was going to say. Just uh, I did notice that um, someone else I knew at the gym used to want to do this same thing, and they did. They basically did one pull up, no matter what they were training. Every time they went to the gym, they did one pull up. And then they, the next time they came in, they, they aimed for two. And then when they got to two, they went and tried to do three pull-ups. This is, <clears throat> this is each time they went into the gym. I'm not saying that they did one and then rested and then did two. I'm just saying each time you go to the gym, just try and do one more than you did last time. Try not to set yourself a high, high, high goal. Exactly. Doing like exactly. That's why it's better to have those smaller <laughs> targets. Do you know what I mean? And then just build on them. Yeah, I think consistency with the same with everything. Oh yeah, consistency Agreed. is a massive key here. Massive, you know, you need to properly practice and you know own it, and uh, and it will happen. Uh, got a question from Scott: How do I increase my bench press one rep max? Um, can I just take a minute? The I just noticed the first person who sent um, a question in is called Michael. Oh, and amazing! The second person is called Scott. <laughs> that is mad. Good old Michael. That Scott. is brilliant, wow, Michael legend. Scott. <coughs> that is brilliant. Okay, yeah. How do I increase my my bench press one rep max? Um, I've got a suggestion, um, if I may. Um, it depends how much time you've got as well. Uh, I don't really believe massively in yeah. one, you know, trying to do your one rep max. And but I'm sure there is a place for it. I'm sure, you know, especially in strongman competitions and things like yeah. that. I'm sure I think it is more for that though, isn't it? that counts. Um, yeah, I I think we used to we did the thing for charity once where we had to lift the Titanic. I, I don't, don't know. We were, I don't think I was. Were you with us at that point? It was a deadlift thing during the day. <coughs> Sorry for this cough. <clears throat> it was a deadlift thing. <coughs> oh, excuse me. He basically, by the end of the day, we had to lift. No, as a collective, all the pure gyms had to collectively lift the amount of weight that the Titanic weighed in 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 deadlift. So you'd <clears throat> you'd go up to the plate and you'd do your one rep max deadlift. And they would record it. So, for example, mine was like 300. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. It was something like 250 or something, 270. Uh, your deadlift. <clears throat> they'd write it down. And then by the end of the day, they'd tally up all. They'd add up all the, the everyone's weight together. And yeah. Send it off and try and. It was for charity. It was quite good. Um, but, yeah, like competitions, I think that's the only place you could do your one rep max. Um, but, uh, yeah, my suggestion for just increasing your your bench press if you feel that you've reached a plateau just to increase it i would just say to add those little tiny what i would call biscuits on the end of the barbell so what i mean by that is the little 1.25 kilogram 
weights that you see or 2.5 kilogram weights. Just add them onto the barbell, one on each side, obviously. Um, If you did this just every week, right, and if you recorded your weights that you used on a little book or something, you imagine doing that for a whole year. Imagine just adding one kilogram or two kilograms. Imagine adding two kilograms to your bench press every week. By the end of the year, you know, you 52 weeks. Let's just say 50. 50 weeks. <coughs> you, you could have increased your, your, your bench press by 100 kilograms. Obviously, uh, that, you know... There's an asterisk in there somewhere, but um, just think of that. And I think that that advice came from Dorian Yates, the bodybuilder, the six-time Mr. Olympia. He had the um, idea of even if you just add one kilogram onto something, an exercise. Imagine after a year, you've added like fifty kilograms onto that uh, that exercise. You know, and that would be my advice. If you've got the time, just add one tiny little biscuit on each side and keep increasing that. To be what fair, about you? I, what I would completely your... agree with you. I'd probably say the exact same thing, to be honest with that, because it is you're going for strength. So to go for strength, yeah. you need to push yourself just that little bit more each time. So like you said, adding those little biscuits, as you mm. called them, which is pr- pretty cool. I like that, actually. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, there's biscuits. Um, you know, if we're talking, you know, you've got five kilogram plates. They're called just fives. Um, tens are tens. A plate itself is 20 kilograms. That's just called a plate. And then 25s, 25 kilogram plates are just called the big ones. Um, yeah, I don't think anything is that. It's biscuits and, uh, yeah, I think it was just biscuits. Uh, okay, moving on. Hopefully that answers your questions, Scott. Moving on to um, the final question I picked out. Um, this is from Hattie. Um, cardio versus yeah. lifting. Lifting weights for fat loss, not Ooh. weight loss. The thing is, this just, again, this <coughs> question is, so it depends on your, like, what you enjoy and your individual kind of, like, needs as well, because... To me, I would say yeah. to fat loss, you need to do more weight training. But that, again, that doesn't benefit everybody because you can still lose fat while doing cardio. Like we said earlier about mm. mixing it up a bit and not maybe just not sticking to steady state is something mm-hmm. to help you lose fat more. Get away from the steady state sort of area and go into, say, like hits and fartlek. And yeah. like we said about the 10, 9, 8, 7, all that sort of yeah. stuff as well. Circuity type stuff. If it's what you enjoy, then there's no point sure. in trying to do weight training when you might not enjoy it. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, first of all, I think it's safe to say that with most of these questions that are submitted in, the answer it, nine yeah. times out of ten is going to be, it depends. It just it depends. Everyone is different everyone reacts different to different types of training yeah different uh nutrition um you know and you know this can open up a whole new podcast uh episode talking about the difference between yeah. 
men and women in terms of how much can they eat, calories, training, how yeah. many reps, how many sets, what rest time, etc. Um, you know, this I feel, I do feel sorry for it, women um, because obviously, and like this is touching on a new podcast, perhaps, but <clears throat> as you know. It's, it's the same thing. I'm sure you get it all the time. It's, it's something that always comes up. It's like when you when you ask, you say to a new client who's a female and you say, right, I'm going to get you doing some weight training. And then yeah, straight away, exactly they're like, that. well, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get manly. It's like, well, I'll tell you what, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. Unless you're on a lot of steroids, it's exactly. not going to happen for you, unfortunately. <clears throat> it's like... Um, Okay, how can I put this so that you can sort of briefly understand for for people listening? It's like women don't produce as much testosterone as men. And men can build muscle fairly easy. We can eat more calories than women. <coughs> I think um, for, let's say, <clears throat> exercising, I think weightlifting especially i think men or women have to lift between 10 to 30 times more than a man the the same this is very poorly answered but let's say i do one rep now for a woman if a, to match the amount of uh, muscle built with that one rep would have to do yeah i know what you're on about 30 reps because it's the same on like the fat loss side as well is that um yeah it takes women up, I think it's 33, I think, around 30% longer to lose fat than men. Mm. Yeah, and this is why I feel so sorry for, for women. It's no, by no means oh, no, of, is it of a reason not. to just, give up does, or just to jack It just takes that a little bit longer, but then if you can <clears> have the patience and just stick through it, then you're probably more determined yeah. and you've got more yeah. about you than the man probably would because it's easy, it's easier for them slightly. Yeah. I think, I think if anything, yeah, exactly. give yourself an extra hard pat on the back exactly. because you're, you're able you're to do something that men aren't further. really. Yeah. Um, you're... Just... <coughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there is a science behind it. Um, I won't go into it more, but basically, Hattie, um, having more muscle allows you to burn more calories. And I know that sounds gobbledygook, and I'm sure we can revisit that in future. I'm just going to yep. say it briefly now because I'm just conscious of time. Um, but yeah, I think a mixture of cardio and weights um, for fat loss and it's yeah, funny which is she mentioned in a way I think weight that's loss perfect. Well, terminology really because yeah, because I was people just get exact, confused about to the say difference the between weight loss thing. and fat loss. Yeah, it's like saying um, it's like someone coming up to you and saying um, yeah, I don't really want to. Uh, I just want to tone up. I hate. I know that phrase, tone up, because. Most PTs are just think, oh, what the fuck? I hate that that term, toning up. We all know what it sort of means. Yeah, you, you basically want, you want to your muscles to appear fat. so you look That's what defined, it is. really. But obviously, you can't yeah. do that without fat loss. That's so. exactly it. Yeah. 
So I love the fact that she said not weight loss because, you know, we're not <coughs> specifically talking about um, weight loss, losing weight. Exactly. We're lo- talking about losing fat. Um, cardio versus lifting weights. Yeah. I, for women, <coughs> oh, excuse me, mate. I, I think I need to see a doctor. Um, uh, losing fat, I believe it should be a mixture of cardio and lifting weights. I think, I think you should venture into what, how your body reacts to different types of cardio. Maybe get a, uh, a little diary and note how you feel. Note how much you've, you've lost. Um, what, what yeah. how your body reacts to doing sort of hit training. How your body reacts to doing list training. It's also mental as yeah. well. The mental thing. But that's you've what got I mean by you've got to like about... enjoy it as well, haven't you? That's <coughs> that's because that's what I would say. You've almost mm-hmm. got to like again, like you said, you've got to you've got to find that balance first between obviously cardio or and well weights, but then you're going to more than likely enjoy more one more than the other. So as you kind of get more into the journey. Mm. I would slowly venture just one side to say maybe go like 60-40 or 70-30 to more one side. But that's based off what you enjoy more. There's no there's yeah. no right or wrong answer because everyone's different. Mm-hmm. People might prefer weights to cardio, but others might prefer cardio to weights. But you're still doing a bit of both. It's just yeah. you're doing a little bit more of one rather than the other. I'm not saying straight away, give it a couple of weeks, yeah. maybe months or so, and then just kind of slowly fade into one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there is a lot of science to be spoken about and to dive into and research about what happens in if you want to lose fat, what happens if you just do cardio um, and what happens if you just do weights. Oh, of course, of course there is, I'm sure yeah. there's pros and cons for both, but I'm sure... I'm, I'm sure a mixture of both would be f- absolutely phenomenal. You know, there's loads to really think about here. You, th- you know, there's respiratory system, you know, and, uh, really helping out your respiratory system with doing cardio. There's the, there's loads of elements to do with, with weight training. You've got strength, posture, there's loads of things um, <clears throat> to do. With that, <laughs> slowly losing my voice here. Um, uh, yeah, just to just to sum up, uh, a, a mixture, a mixture, um, and also first and foremost is do not forget about the nutritional side of things and make sure that you're in a calorie deficit, hundred percent, in order to lose fat. Make sure you make sure you're recording everything you put in your body, calorie wise. Make sure you know your BMRs and eyes. Uh, make sure you know the ins and outs of, and just um, measure your progress again. And again, this is another element to why I feel sorry for women is obviously the menstrual cycle is will play a massive part in perhaps water retention um, and just holding on to that weight. Like for example, if they weighed themselves one week. And the next week, they've even increased in weight or stayed the same, but they've had a perfect week in terms of eating and training. I just feel really sorry because obviously it's not a dis- it's, you're not doing yourself a disservice or anything. It's just 
the way it is with females and the menstrual cycle. Just, just gotta yeah, because um, that's stay that's what gets a lot of women down, it. isn't you it? Know what that's I mean? what disheartens them because, but that's the difference again between the weight loss and the fat loss. Yeah. because a lot of women do like to weigh themselves on a regular basis, and which is mentally mm, which bad. is and mentally like said, very menstrual cycle yeah, go on. things women go through in a monthly basis it's those things that one week mm-hmm. might be brilliant the next week might they might have put a couple of pounds on the next week after that it might have gone back down and it fluctuates it fluctuates anyway but especially for a woman it will fluctuate a little bit more compared to what a man's um, weight would yeah and again if you do it at the wrong times it's so disheartening yeah. because again you might go through a week of feeling, you know what, I've eaten really well, I've stuck to my calories, my training's going well, I feel great, I get on the scales, and I put on two, three pounds maybe. It's that mental side that's just makes them feel down again, and that next yeah. week might not yeah. be as good as the last week, and then it's almost like you're fight. it's almost like two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, yeah. I can see where a lot of people can get discouraged, and they can just press the fuck it button at the end of the week and, and, you know, get really upset and down and spiral. I can see it. It's plain as day why that might happen. But, you know, it's for the one, the people that can carry on with sort of bad news or in, it's not necessarily bad news. I'm just saying if, 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 if it's not what they wanted to see on the scales, if it's not what they wanted yeah. to see with the tape measure, whatever, yeah. um, just carry on carry on and i'm sure yeah. something will change down well, the line well no because that's why i try on. and tell people don't to not the fuck it button. if they can av- avoid it don't <clears throat> don't even weigh themselves at all <coughs> so again don't even focus on measurements sometimes mm. keep it regular so you've got an idea of where you're heading but just keep checking yourself out in the mirror and stuff at home yeah every so often anything like that and you will notice yeah. change because you're the biggest judgment of your body so Exactly. Someone else can tell yeah, you that you, you might know you look better or something, but to you, you might not believe it until you see it. So, just keep look. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what we were saying last week: is that exactly. pictures do play a massive part, don't they? Taking pictures so that you can notice those change. The changes are more obvious in photos. And it's the same when I had clients in back in the day, I would say, you know, take photos, plain background, same lighting, same sort of outfit, same position of the photograph, same time of day, if you can, and make it very clear, you know, <clears throat> there's nothing worse in having taken your first pro- progression picture or your first here I am picture sort of thing. And you're in the gym and it's a selfie and then your progression photo is you at your mum's house in the bathroom, completely different atmosphere and different angle, different clothes, different exactly. lighting. It's not going to be accurate at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So make sure it's consistent. Everything's got to be exactly consistent. That. You know? Awesome. I Speaking of uh, the scales, I did have a little uh, personal question okay. for you. Um, because, and, well, it's for me, really. I... I, uh, yeah. I'm going to start tracking my calories again. Um, now I know this again can be a whole other episode. Um, but for me, I'm right. just using my fitness power again. And, um, I want to buy, well, this is the thing <clears throat> I need to know my current weight 
to work out things yeah. like how many calories I should be eating, etc. What are your thoughts? Should I buy scales? Because I obviously can't go to a gym and use gym scales. Should I buy some of my so, uh, some scales for myself just to initially weigh myself to figure out where I'm at now? And should I use them? I mean, I, I don't mind scales. <clears throat> I'm not one of, you know, I, I don't suffer from mental health issues. I don't let things like weights get to me. I just, you know, luckily I'm, I'm that type yeah. of person where I use it as a tool of measurement. Um, do you, should I get scales? Should I invest in some scales to use at home to begin you with? You know what? I what do you think, think you what should, are your thoughts on scales? Again, you do need to be able to track your calories accurately. So there's no point in guessing. So that's the first part. You don't want to guess because then that's yeah. what's going to set you up in the long run to failure, really. You're not going to kind of feel like you're getting yeah. somewhere quick enough, let's say. I think the only thing I would say is obviously, I know you said yeah. you don't suffer yeah, from yeah, mental health yeah. issues and stuff like that, and you're not too fussed about it. I would literally say, just with the scales, is weigh yourself, get that note of what it is and then literally hide it away somewhere or even mm. or even say get um, Chloe or something just literally yes. get, say to her look can you hide these for me <clears throat> it's, it's, it sounds, <laughs> yeah it does, I know I just laughed it does sound silly my, yeah that's what I do it does sound silly but yeah really good, just get uh, her really to hide them and then maybe when you have to do your weight again say I don't know three weeks time four weeks however long you want to track what you're going for then just go get her to get them for you, mm-hmm. weigh yourself again, and then get her to put them back somewhere. We're in this hiding spot. Because then you're not tempted yeah. to go on the scales. Like, say, if you're in the bathroom or whatever, and they're just there, and you can see them, you'll be tempted to weigh yourself somewhere, you will. Yeah. Yeah. That is really, this really is, good advice. This is and literally the same for anybody, for other honestly. People if you are, if you are say, like a women, a mainly women yeah. as well that do suffer from this more, obviously regarding the scales, but if you do yeah. have these sorts of problems where you're just so worried about the numbers on the scales and stuff, honestly, get your partner or child or whoever you live with or anyone like that, just get them to hide it in somewhere that you will never find it. Mm. And... If you need it, just that like, yeah. one time to track your progress in like a month's time, then they'll get it out for you and put it back. Yeah. I used to train people who would weigh themselves every day and sometimes oh, the throughout same, the day. Honestly. And I'm like, what are you doing? I've had the exact same. What are you doing? It's like, you, I, I don't know if people will know that you, your weight will fluctuate up and down all day. And a week, like there's loads of variables. You know how much you take, how much you poo. Have you, if you weigh yourself after, <laughs> b- before well, trying working things out. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Um, like we talked before, menstrual cycles plays a massive part in in um, in weight and <clears throat> and being being able to lose weight and not. Um, loads of fact water. If you've had a Chinese and you're holding water the next day, there's loads of things that to look at into why your the, the scales may go up and down. Loads. So I think yeah, I think yeah, I'll I'll have to invest and get uh, some scales and I'll I'll in terms of measuring my own per, uh, performance and um, measure my progress, I'll be 
probably weighing myself either once a week or once every two weeks and then putting that into my fitness belt. My other question I to do. You, I, you, do you use my fitness belt? That wasn't Follow my question. question. But <laughs> my, my question is, is uh, yeah, my question is, if I lose weight, if I say to my fitness pal, yeah, I weigh X, and let's say next week I lose two pound, do I need to change my weight? And will that, so obviously I need to put that in on my fitness pal, and will um, it change I, the amount I of would calories? I would say you wouldn't eat? have to worry about that until you kind of, uh, let's say you lose quite a lot of weight. Because I think that's what people get confused by is mm. your calories shouldn't need to change because it needs to be consistent. That's why every time I usually do a calorie count, I do it yeah. as a range rather than a specific number. Because if you do it as a range, that range yeah. is big enough <clears throat> to cover if you, say, put on weight, if things are going slightly wrong or you've got water essential or something like that. Or then when you're starting to lose weight, but obviously it's, mm. it's like a pound a week or so, you're, using it, you're losing it progressively. So I get people to have this range in yeah. there. So if they're in this range, they're still in a deficit, no matter where they are in that range. And they keep that consistent and they will yeah. lose fat. It's, it's really when they get to a point where either yeah. they're happy with the way they are and they're thinking, you know what, I don't think I need to lose any more weight because I'm comfortable. Around that sort of area, they might mm-hmm. say to themselves, I know... When is that? Yeah, but people do get like a bit obsessed, don't they? Yeah. Well, it's it's breaching on the body dysmorphia. Have you ever heard of this phrase? Yeah. So it's like when people look amazing, or you know, a better. They've made some serious progress, but when they look in the mirror, they just don't see that. All they see is negativity. Whether they're obese or whether they're Sorry, whether they were obese or whether they yeah. think they're really anorexic. It's, it's, I think it's that's very, I think that's um, in a way the problem sad, because it's quite sad. people always want more. That's, I think that's the point. The, you do mm. like, become to a point where someone will look at you, even if it's not like family member, it could be someone that hasn't seen you in years, and they'll go, you know what, you're looking amazing. I wouldn't change anything now. You look brilliant. People will tell you these things, but mm. it's whether yeah. you have the... Like it's whether you can actually say, "Oh yeah, I'm actually really comfortable with what I'm looking now." Takes a lot, exactly. Yeah. All they takes go, a lot. Oh, no, I'm, it? I'm takes not a lot. This. I want to lose more. Because the only the only thing I the only thing I would say yeah. to that is just um, if you ever on. get into that stage, look where you've come from. So almost look back to see what you looked like yeah. before. That's why these pictures are so important. Because if you keep yeah. You keep them for yourselves and just look oh, at absolutely. them constantly when you feel down, when you feel like you have moments like this, when you've, you have probably hit your perfect, perfect sort of weight or your body goals or anything like that. You've probably hit them, but you don't think you have. You need to look back at those yeah. photos and be like, look how far I've come. I think, honestly, I don't need to lose any more. Or put. Yeah. Because it it can become very very addictive. It's like I was saying before, is when you start to see personal development happen, and at such a, a rapid pace. For me, I was sort of you know your your average guy when I before I started using the, going to the gym and things like that. 
um, because I was just such an average kid, and and I think I was more um, not endomorphic, but mesomorphic. So I found it easier, easy to put yeah. on weight and easy to take it off, sort of thing. I just found I I excelled. And because I was, it made me so happy. I would, you know, I loved the gym. I became obsessed with, you know, outside of the gym. I was learning and getting motivated by all these great people: Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kai Green, you know, all these Dorian Yates and and all these motivational speakers. And I was reading books, and it became fascinating. And it was all personal development. And I became obsessed. And when you become obsessed, nothing's good enough. When you become you become obsessed about image and your what your body looks like and what you know you you what you yep. social media is a massive influence and it it can be very good and very very bad and that could be something we touch next time is uh, comparing yourself to exactly. other people on social media very very bad um, and so yeah it can become obsessive and yeah that's I think it's because people have this idea stop. of perfect. When realistically, no one yeah. is perfect at all. So that's what you need to kind of remember no. as well. No, no, no. That the perfect body does not exist. Yeah. No. Um, again, this is touching on a new subject about social media. Um, but I see a lot of people... This is, again for me. This is why I don't follow people anymore on Instagram. Especially, I'm talking like models, fitness models, big, you know, bodybuilders, and yeah. people with their shirts off in every single post. I just don't. I don't. For me personally, I don't follow it anymore, just because it can be harmful to your mental health to constantly seeing that and see and be reminded that's what you don't look like. Um, and I tell you what, another thing, I am guilty of posting uh, sort yep. of uh, transformation photos. I think it's great to to post up your own if you're a coach. I think that's great. Um, but it's when what people tend to do is let's say let's take the average person who wants to lose weight, or lose lose fat. Um, they will compare themselves to someone else's transformation. And what I mean by that is let's take someone who looks phenomenal and has done a 12-week transformation and and someone who's just seen that online, on social media, has just scrolled upon it and yeah. they're comparing themselves to that person straight away and they are very sad about it because they're like, well, I did a 12-week program and I don't look like that. So many things yeah. wrong with that whole statement, and yeah. it's something that I'd love that to could, dive into. Well, that could yeah, be our fully, next topic. But like, it's like you—you you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You—it's you don't know someone else's background. You don't know someone else's story. I've seen it all the time. Um, and one in particular I saw today. There was a guy did a twelve-week um, transformation. Turns out the guy was a PT. And he had been training most of his life. He'd been training for over 15 years and he let himself go a little bit and he was able to shred most of it in 12 weeks. And a lot of people will compare themselves to that guy and think, well, if he, we, me and him sort of look the same, 
why why is he able to just strip it off so much? Well, because he's built the foundation for fifteen plus years at the gym. He he knows what food his body needs. He knows how to train it. He knows what he's capable yeah. of. There's loads of factors. You know, single, not married, no children, no, you know, none of these uh, priorities. Whereas most of us now have got families to look after. We've got futures to save up for and, and things. Life gets in the way. We've got mortgages. We've got pets and children to worry about dropping kids off work. We work nine to five. This guy was a PT at a gym. With, you know, just able to, he had so, all the time in the world, all the money for the best foods. And he, he been, you know, had all this experience. And that's yeah. how he was able to just shred it off. I know I'm, I'm going off. Yeah, but I'm trust me, I'm the exact same. I'm very honestly. passionate about all this. But, um, yeah, it's very frustrating to explain all that to, to someone who's like, well, they look like me and, and now I I don't. I still, I don't look like that. How are they able to transform like that? It's just like, just stop I think that's comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, but it's even like you said, yeah, it's on concentrate like, on yourself. Even like Instagram accounts as well. It's not even always men as well. There's a lot of women out there that are like it and they like to call themselves like the Instagram yeah. influencers yeah. or whatever they are. And it's just like, exactly. But you know what I'm, you know oh, where I'm going with this. Started, but, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a, really, it's again when a lot yeah. of them try and, like, I'm not disheartening them. Like, they've got to where they want to be. That's absolutely fine. Like, they've worked hard for what they want. Fine. But it's when they're kind of doing this whole, yeah. like... You almost still hear, like, the body positivity sort of stuff. They're all trying to trying to get everyone to feel better about who they are and be comfortable in their own skin and stuff like that. Mm. Exactly. There's a lot and of that happens to be one of them on social media. But the problem is with these things is that... Yeah they don't realize what's behind like these photos that go with it. Like they might have a caption that's really good and be like, Oh yeah, be comfortable in your own skin, be happy with who you are, blah, 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 blah all that sort of stuff. But their picture just doesn't define yeah. it because, it, because it's almost like, say well, yeah, there's some um, like girl that's like really skinny or whatever, or she's works really hard to gain some muscle stuff like that. But what you end up finding is that they have to do a lot of mm. different poses they might suck in their gut as much as possible yeah. to almost like reveal their rib cage or try and reveal their abs and stuff like that. But proper sucking uh, in, yeah. you can tell clearly. Um, finding the best angle yeah. to make them look yeah. skinnier or better or whatever. And possibly even having to take that photo, what, yeah. maybe 20 times before they've actually like picked one and gone, oh, I, really, yeah. I look really good in that one. Or, or even adding a filter in. To yeah. be like, you know what, that lighting is making me look a little bit more tanned. Yeah. I think that's working out really well. And then they'll post it. And it's like, how is that helping anyone? <laughs> yeah. Well, as we're sort of talking about it, you know, speaking of all that sort of photo shoot stuff, that is, I tell you what, um, when I was back in the day, I used to follow a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of big names, and you'd see people crop up all the time. And the the thing is, a lot of these people don't look like that all year round. And I think that's what people are trying to, to aim for yeah. is to look a certain way all the time. A lot of these people don't realize that these bodybuilders and that do shows. And when they do shows, they deplete all of, you know, they, they sort of diet down 
so that they're in like you know one to three percent body fat and whilst they're at that stage they take a shit ton of photos and do a load of photo shoots for their sponsorships and stuff like that and they use yeah. those photos throughout the year do you know what i mean and they don't necessarily look like that all year round they they're greased up they've got the fake tan on they've completely dieted down just for the show and all their photo shoots and that is what they spill out all over their um social I know. It's... throughout the year um and it's the same with females um it's the same it may be not a show but females and males now um diet down for a photo shoot just to diet down and take loads of photos yeah, and think... say look what i look like for a couple of weeks and that's the problem. And it, it's and all, you think it's that's not what they real, look like all the it? time. It's not how your body works in reality. <clears throat> well, yeah, let's exactly. not forget Photoshop and you've as just, well. That's and you've got to remember that uh, either these people no, don't loads. celebrate any holidays like Christmas and stuff where everyone binges out. I'm not kidding. Everyone does. Mm. If you don't, then you're weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, another variable that uh, you know, people don't realize is when they compare themselves to people is that, yeah, some of these people don't celebrate certain holidays. They don't, you know, they don't have the same struggles as you do. They are, you know, out of this world, um, you know, doing exactly. things and, and not having like social lives and all this literally that taking away everything, <laughs> well, especially like even in the summer barbecues, mm. going to the pub for some pints and stuff mm. like that. <clears throat> like, no one does it every day. But it's something yeah. that you're still missing out on. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the things why you shouldn't compare yourself uh, to people you look at on social media. Again, it's just why I just don't follow. Exactly. Um, That's the main advice. Like it's best, anymore. well, don't for any of you that actually that. have these problems, honestly, just unfollow them. Just don't look at their accounts because it's only going to drag you down. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody. Um, but yep. uh, one short little story before we wrap this up. Um, speaking of like Instagram, social medias and stuff like that. And, uh, that back in the day, there was a story um, where this uh, a female, inverted commas, uh, yep. fitness influencer on Instagram. She basically uh, grew a following, yep. right? She grew a following. And she wanted to yeah. have her own clothing range. So she, you know, invested this great amount of money into a clothing range and it didn't take off. And you know why? Because, and let's bear in mind, her clothing range was for females. She didn't take the time just to look through her socials and look at the insight. In, when you have a business page, when you have a business instagram thing you can look at your insights especially with youtube as well you can see what uh ratio your audience is like gender you can look at where your audiences are based for example on this podcast it's like 54 percent men and yep. the other percentage is women who listen to this um and most people listen from the uk and then second is um the us um and obviously <laughs> Her her insights were ninety percent, ninety five percent male, five percent women. <laughs> it's just like, 
and she's her audience she's targeting her her um clothing range to are uh, men because obviously men yeah. only men are asses men are asses and they just you know most yeah. some of us are really nice people <laughs> but um stereotypically especially in the gym industry guys are just there to you know they just follow women like that just yeah. for one thing and uh so she was putting up all these posts that you know obviously more you know for a reason to get all the likes for a reason and 95% i just think that was really funny 95% yeah. of her yep. audiences are for men um are men and she's released a clothing range for yeah. women. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's, that's what I find funny about these Brilliant. sort of, well, like I said, inverted commas influencers. It's because, like, again, like, they don't mm. realise who the audience are. Because, you know, I said about earlier about, obviously, these girls that take photos of posing in the mirrors and stuff like that. You realise that the followers, like you said, are either sure. men that obviously just like to see that sort of stuff. Or they're basically other women exactly yeah. the same as them. So they're post. So they might be posting up all these things. Yeah, yeah. Hi Ben. Sorry, I think it cut out because I think we reached like a hundred and twenty minutes. Oh, is that the cut off point? I think so. Yeah, we'll have to remember that for next time. Sorry, yeah, carry we, on what, we what do, you were saying. We do talk for a while, don't we? We're, <laughs> we're, we're very passionate men. We are passionate. But no, I'll just I'll start that again just in case for editing purposes. But um, sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's about like obviously these influencers that. Again, most of their audience is either men that obviously mm. like to see that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or it's women that are pretty much the exact same as them. Yeah. So they're trying to get likes on photos or they are getting likes and comments from exact other women exactly like them. Yeah. And it's like, well, and they're promoting all these sorts of stuff. Like they might be trying to promote, like I said earlier about like body confidence or they're trying to pick people up for motivation and stuff but it's like those they're not really doing it for yeah. a purpose because they're just kind of doing it to get likes because it's yeah it's not aimed at people that genuinely would probably need that yeah. sort of motivation and stuff like that no and that's and that's why like i said sometimes having a big following doesn't always actually do justice it doesn't mean anything yeah i know i know what you mean it's a yeah. shame because you see um it's not just sort of these big names with loads of followers. It's it's sometimes, you know, you can see sort of uh, friends. Maybe you've got friends on Instagram that you follow and stuff and you just start to see them post up certain types of pictures and you just think the re- <laughs> if you look at their likes because um, I don't know if you know, in this country you, you can see likes um, in Australia and places like that. I don't think you can see who likes people's posts now. Oh, okay. It's like a thing they're trialing out. <clears throat> but um, if you clicked on the likes, it's genuine, generally males. Like if we're talking about females posting, it's generally males just like ogling. And that is, uh, I don't know, different stroke, different folks for different, you know what I mean? Different strokes. It's, uh, it is what it is, even though I hate that saying. Um, he's still there? I don't know. I think we've lost him. No, I'm here. I'm here yes. now. You um, I think you cut off. That's very strange. I hope we. I really, genuinely hope this episode has gone well. And in terms of the delay, I hope there's no delay when we play it back. 
Um, and if you're listening at home, I do apologize if the same thing has happened. We're going to have to dive deeper into why that is happening because I've had nearly pretty much full bars and full 4G for this whole recording. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've had full Wi-Fi. So. Yeah. So if it has happened, apologies. Hopefully it's gone well. Um, I'm sure we can dive into social media another time. I think I've already done an episode on social media before. You can, of course, go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up right now, Ben. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds perfect. I think we've well, I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We so we spoke about um, exercise methods and training techniques, and we've answered a few questions. And of course, if you do have any more questions, please feel free to ask myself or or Ben. Again, Ben. They can find you on Instagram the most. Is that your preferred platform? Yeah, that is my preferred platform indeed. At, at, at the Falcon Coach. Is it Falcon Fitness or Falcon Coach? No, it's at the at the Falcon Coach. Cool. And Fal- you're on Facebook as well? Uh, yes, I'm on Facebook. And you're on, you've got the YouTube going on. Do you have yep. your own website yet? Is that going on? That is coming soon. Awesome. I'm in the process of making one. Oh, that's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Uh, cool. And for me, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's at viking.pt. And I'll be on Facebook and the YouTubes as well. All right. Thanks so much for submitting your questions. Uh, thank you, Ben. You've been an absolute pleasure to no problem. Uh, host this with. It has thank been, you for joining me. It has been a pleasure. Awesome. Just have to remember the two hours next time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There is a cutoff point. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Hopefully this has given you some value. Um, As always, I like to think that you're listening to this whilst doing your own cardio or perhaps doing some food prep. Um, Those would be my favorite times to listen to a podcast. Thanks again, Ben, and enjoy the rest of your week. Until next time. And you. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Take care. Bye. See ya.